Welcome back to the Property Management Show, where we deep dive into the world of property management and entrepreneurship. Your hosts are Marie Tubman and Brittany Jones from Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped hundreds of property managers grow their business by getting more owner leads through marketing. Whether you need help with your website, your SEO, online reputation, content, pay-per-click ads, social media, you name it, we can help. Visit our website, fourandhalf.com to learn more. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. We have a special guest today, Heather Nicely, who is pretty much everywhere. (laughs) She is you know, the president of, I think, the Arizona chapter of NARPM. She is, you know, she has been on the vendor side, in property management side, real estate side of things. And, you know, we just wanted to talk to her today about short-term rentals because this is something that she is spearheading right now, especially in her market. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. That's really excited to have you here because I think Brittany and I yeah. first met you like when we started at four and a half, like 2015. Well, yeah, definitely 2015. I'm like, no. Heather, maybe we met. I don't know if you would have, have attended Cal NARPM in um, 2015, but I, but I feel like we definitely met in Atlanta yeah. at NARPM National in 2015. Okay, we I actually recording... hang out at a like cabana night in Calnarpum. <laughs> oh yeah, there were cigars. So, I was yeah. skinny then. Yes, Danny the kept saying, yes. <laughs> no, Heather, Heather nicely, nicely. Oh yeah. yes, I wasn't gonna bring up the cigars, but there was a cabana night at Calnarpum. Yeah, that's we still, did not partake of the cigars. Like my profile picture or like my caller ID picture for my husband. I like. I was Hilarious. like, I'm cool, smoking a cigar, and I like sent it to him, and I was like, I look so cool. I, gosh, I was 23. Those were the days. I remember that. <laughs> was I 23? That math is so crazy. And yeah, I think I was 23. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Now. And Heather, like back then, you were like in the vendor side, I think, and then you've yeah. done so much. Mm-hmm. Can you yes. briefly share with our audience? as briefly as you can kind of like how you you found yourself um like where you are right now like your journey sure absolutely i'll focus a little bit more on my journey to the str space uh, short-term rentals um you know when little girls uh dream about being princesses and picking their wedding gowns and all of those things little girls dream about i by the time i was 12 was fascinated with the idea of purchasing a home where I could go vacation up in the mountains or on the ocean and then making money off of it. Like that idea, that concept to me was, I'm going to get 52 of them. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to stay at one every single week. And then I'm going to write off the time that I stay there on my taxes. And I'm going to make like millions of dollars the rest of the time off of these properties, Um, which seems a little silly, except that now as an adult, I'm like, huh. Maybe I was onto something, <laughs> but um, then life happened. You know, you get married, you have kids, you settle down and you start to cherish being in your own bed a little more. Uh, and so I kind of let that idea go by the wayside, but it has continued to creep up in my life. So um, I, when I got married uh, in 2011, there was a software company that we owned and that software company, we had a short-term rental platform. And so um, we didn't have that as our target audience. Our target audience was more on the long-term side. However, 
I definitely took some time to really dig into that and see what that was about and learn that space a little bit. And then I moved on to Night Tenders, which was an after hours emergency call center. And I was vice president there for a little while. And we serviced some short-term rental clients who needed after hours call handling for their short-term rentals. So I learned all of this crazy stuff about how crazy guests are and how needy they are. And I was like, anybody who does that is nuts. Um, but uh, as my career has evolved and changed the entire time I've been licensed as a realtor, um, I opened a brokerage uh, last year. And a part of that brokerage, um, my real estate clients have historically been a lot of investors who are heavy on the purchasing of short term rentals. And so when I opened that brokerage, it just naturally made sense. If we were going to do property management, we would add in the short term rental management. So that's kind of how I got here. It was just, it just keeps coming up. And at some point you just go, I think I'm meant to be here. That's awesome. And so, you know, obviously when COVID happened, short-term rentals was like the, the worst place to be in property yeah, management. But since COVID has like dissipated, there's been this like, surge of revenge travel, like so right. to speak, right? And right. so now it's like, everyone's like, oh man, short-term rental is the place to be. And I know Brittany, you, you, even you mentioned, like you keep hearing anecdotally that more and more like long-term property management companies are getting tempted to, to dip into short-term rentals. And so Heather, yeah. given like your experience, what are the pros and cons of adding like short-term rentals to a primarily long-term rental management business? Yeah, you know, it is it is an incredibly lucrative industry. Um, I think it's very obvious from this onset of talking to somebody that's in the industry, you see that there's dollars of potential. You hear the, the worth of Airbnb and everybody just wants a little piece of that pie, right? Um, however, if you're used to long-term rental management, you really have to do your due diligence to wrap your mind around what type of business this is because it's a different beast entirely. You think, oh, I've been doing property management for the past 15, 20 years, so it's got to be similar to what I already know. And it's not. It's a complete different beast altogether. And a lot of people try and add it as an offering to their existing management company. And when you approach it that way, you kind of get in a little bit of trouble because, you know, in the long-term rental space, we're used to treating our tenants almost as a necessary evil. Like the owner's our client, but our tenant is there and we have to deal with them. However, in the short-term rental space, you're not just renting a roof anymore. You're renting an experience and your guests, you really have to cater to them. You're giving them that experience of, you know, they've been saving for this vacation. They've been planning. And for clarification, not all short-term rentals are vacations, but especially in the vacation rental space, you are giving them the experience of when I get off a plane and I get to my short-term rental at two in the morning, there better be coffee filters so that I can make my coffee because I've had a long day. And yes, I want coffee at two in the morning. And if not, I want a refund for the entire stay. And that is a complete different mindset than I have this tenant that's got a problem that really isn't an emergency because in the short-term rental space, almost everything seems to be an emergency because they're only renting the place for a couple of days. So it is definitely a difference. Um, that being said, if you can really hone in on what those differences are and you can really create mechanisms to give them that experience, you can do really well in this space. So I think really it's just on the onset, educating yourself and understanding the industry and trying to separate yourself from what you already understand of the long-term rental industry. What's interesting I want to ask you about is, you know, you were on the vendor side with super mm -hmm. tenders, mm -hmm. um, which 
you know, for people who may not know, they're they're not selling to contenders. It's they, they're like it was a call center <laughs> type thing, right? Did you say they're not selling chicken tenders? I remember, I remember, yeah. like I mentioned, um, night tenders to someone. You like would in the think past, of chicken tenders. I know, I love chicken. I love chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that comes to mind. But, but yeah, like having been on that side of taking calls for both like long-term rentals and short-term rentals and having that immediate thought like people would be crazy to like have to deal with like you know these these uh guests or tenants are so demanding like yeah you know has it changed now that you're like actually managing short-term rentals no you know what i think that prepared me for what i was going into um i definitely have a ton of respect for our call center representatives that were at night tenders and super tenders because they really did deal with people yelling at them all day long and you've got to be thick-skinned and almost like calm like a dispatcher to be able to deal with that um but also um that was really where i learned the difference between a long-term tenant versus a short-term guest and understanding the difference when one of them calls the level of urgency versus when the other one calls and it can wait even if they feel like it's an emergency if somebody's only staying at a place for you know two days then they're they're probably going to want their entire reservation refunded to them for the tiniest little thing and so i think that really prepared me for that mindset shift and i was grateful for that experience happening on someone else's dime as opposed to making those mistakes myself i see and so um so i'm hearing kind of like mindset different uh, kind of like you have to change your mindset kind of like look at not it's not a resident it's a guest so like yes. the word itself yes. makes you think that like the relationship is completely different yes. right yep. um and so um turnaround I'm, times I'm curious. right too Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's two of the biggest things that I talk to long-term property managers about. The first one is property turns. Your mentality with a property turn on the long-term rental space is, hey, I got a couple of days to just like fully renovate this place. Your turns on a short-term rental, if you do same-day bookings, you've got like four-hour windows to get all of the laundry, the towels, the place clean, the trash out, the floors mopped. So your cleaning crew has that expectation and you put that on them, but you have to continually be ready for property turns. You're doing property turns daily. And it's a different type of property turn. And you can get every single square inch of that place clean and perfect and miss like maybe not having them clean the oven and all of a sudden you've got an issue or there were food crumbs in the refrigerator and your guest right. was grossed out. So whereas on the long-term side, you usually give them a checklist and say, hey, let us know if there's anything we need to fix and this is your move-in checklist. On the short-term side, there's not that much grace. You know, you've got to get it right the first time around and you've got to get that, that cleaning crew in place that can make sure that they have the attention to detail. And a property turn, you don't get a second chance on it. It has to be right the first time. Yeah. And then the other thing is, the, the property turns are continually happening every couple days for each property. And the mentality on the long-term rental side is, you know, I work nine to five Monday through Friday and I'm doing extra if I work till eight o'clock at night and I should be able to have my weekend, but I have to have a solution for after hours, calls, weekends, nights, emergencies. Um, whereas on the short-term rental space, you're you're on the clock 24 hours a day, they're checking in at two o'clock in the morning or, or they're checking out at a certain time and have questions. And that doesn't mean that you as a short-term rental manager have to be the one to take those messages, but you really have to be diligent to make sure that the communication is immediate, it's quick, especially if somebody's having issues with like getting into a lockbox or a smart lock, you know? And so 
the mentality right. of business hours goes completely away. Mm -hmm. There is no ignoring your tenant until Monday because you don't think it's urgent. Everything is urgent in the space. So it is a hard adjustment to make to say, I have to now I'm forced to have a 24 hour solution for communication. Yeah. And also to add to that, most people, especially for vacation rentals, most people go on vacation during the holidays, during the weekends. Yes. So you kind of are expected to be on when they're on vacation. You can't like be on vacation when your guests are on vacation. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Or like, you just have hey, to make sure you hire broken. someone to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that like, is hey, such I don't a big deal. Forks, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 All the little things that yep. could go wrong just like normally in your home that you would try to troubleshoot yourself or fix yourself right. are going to come up. Yeah. And the Wi-Fi only breaks for the guest who was going to use it to work while they were there and had an urgent meeting. <laughs> and because it was down for an hour, they get a $500 credit. Like that's right. just like the law of how it goes. Like it is yeah. always that guest that it breaks on. Of course. I think yep. it's like Moore's Law or something. Yeah. So we can yeah. call it the Moore's Law mm -hmm. of you know, short-term rentals or yeah, vacation right, rentals. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. And then what about like the, the technology piece? So it's like, you know, our, you know, we're more familiar with like the long-term rental, like softwares, but like, you know, is, is there a lot of tech that allows short-term rental managers to, to function? How good is yes. it? Yes. So I would almost say that there's more technology on the short-term rental space than the long-term rental space. And you guys have primarily been in the long-term rental space to see the technology come and go and develop. And there, for any one given long-term rental property manager, there are at least 14 tabs open on their browser all day long that they're using, right? And so on the short-term rental space, you're adding at least another 14 tabs. So if you're going to be the one that's responsible for bringing a short-term rental management department into your company, you really have to plan for who's learning these new 14 softwares and are we bringing them on gradually? And can my team handle learning 14 new softwares or do I really have to make sure that I have this part of my team only does long-term rentals and I have a separate team that does short-term rentals, which is what I usually recommend because it's almost like a brain overload to have somebody who's responsible for long-term management learning both systems. Um, because right. you've got guest relations software, task management software, because you're so much more hands-on in the short-term rental space, you're doing so many more daily tasks. There's even that many more softwares to have to manage it. You're doing noise management systems and key systems, and you have metrics and data tools so that you can be checking, not the, the comps once a year, but literally daily comps to see if you need to adjust those uh, reservation prices and dynamic pricing tools. And there's ranking softwares and all of these things that it's literally what you already know on the long-term side, like double that and then add a couple more. And that's really what you're going to be interacting with on the short-term side. And so if you already are not super fond of learning new technology, that's something that you need to prepare for because there is a learning curve. Uh, there's a lot of demos. There is not one perfect solution, the same as on the long-term rental side. You know, there's not one perfect software where I could say, yes, sign up for XYZ. They're going to take care of everything for you. It doesn't exist <laughs> still, even in that space, it does not exist. Um, and so you're going to go through that evaluation process of which property management software am I going to use? And some of them have these bells and whistles, but they cost more. And when am I ready for it? And do I start small and switch? And so it's everything we already all know from the long-term rental space. It's just doubled now. Hmm. It's like compressed. It's like you do five years worth of work for like a month because you have right. that much many more, right. um, you know, people yeah. going, going through the property. 
one one of the things you mentioned was like noise management solutions, and I'm like, what does that mean? You just shut up the neighbors? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> No, and this is actually like a highly controversial um, topic because when we talk about it, it's almost like this big brother surveillance conversation, right? Uh -huh. But there are noise monitoring solutions that will set off a little ding to your phone and tell you if there's a noise above a certain decibel in a house, hey, you might want to check to see if they're throwing a party, uh, wow. which is awesome. <laughs> but you want to hear about it from something like that before you hear about it from the neighbor or the police, right? And so that's yeah. very useful. Um, cameras is a big conversation in the industry right now, especially yeah. for the manager, because the manager literally takes on all of the complaints of you were watching me while I was out swimming by the pool and you didn't disclose that there were cameras. And then you're also dealing with the owner who wants access to the camera because they feel like they're paying for that service. But you understanding that that creates a dynamic of so many issues, giving an owner access that you're like, no, I need to be the one with access. I'll let you know if there's a problem. Right. And so uh -huh. just the surveillance piece alone, I could probably do a whole podcast on. Um, and there are plenty of people out there that you can find best practices for those types of things, but they're things to consider. They are things that you need to know when you go into the space. So yeah. Privacy is such, such a, touchy thing yeah yeah i thought it was interesting the 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 what you mentioned about comparables too, like having to go in so frequently because when you think about it on or at least when i think about it on the vacation rental side it's like if there's a festival if there's a concert if there's something like that that's that's probably a high time when the price ranges are just changing so drastically from day to day is it like hour to yeah. hour even sometimes so it can be. There are softwares that will automate it for you, will do it for you. But especially in Arizona, this is a sore subject. We had the Super Bowl here this last February. While the Super Bowl was going on, we also had the biggest golf tournament of the year here and then also the Barrett-Jackson auction. So there were three large events going on within a week of each other. And so one person would be crazy and put their property at $5,000 a night and that would skew the numbers for these pricing softwares to go, oh, look, we should be at $5,000 a night too. And so if there wasn't human intervention really going, hey, can we get $5,000 a night? How far are we from the stadium? Is this feasible? Then you were one of the 50% of short-term rentals that ended up being empty during Super Bowl week because you priced it too high, nobody booked it, and you lost your shirt because you were being greedy. The people that didn't wow. use that pricing software probably went in and bumped it by a couple hundred dollars because they really didn't know what they could get, or maybe they weren't confident in what they could get, but at least they got something, you know? And so- right, at least they got it you, rented out. Yeah, if you rely on technology to do that all for you, um, I just tell people, to some extent, those tools are incredible and amazing and they save you a lot of time. But when you're only relying on those tools and you don't have eyes on it yourself, you're putting yourself in a position to have to answer questions to an owner that you might not want to answer because the owner is watching it. The owner is watching mm -hmm. the news, they're reading the newspaper, and they're going to come to you and be like, hey, I heard that I was going to get this much during the Super Bowl and I didn't get any bookings and it's your fault. So. I mean, everything you're describing just sounds like a lot of work. It's almost like, yeah, yeah it's property management, but it's a completely different thing, right? So exactly. I'm curious to know for our listeners who already have like a long-term rental management business, it's like running and they're thinking of venturing into short-term rentals. Like is the short-term rental juice worth the squeeze given all the extra stuff? <laughs> 
Yeah. So it's just like anything, you're, you know, if you're comparing long-term rentals to short-term rentals, you're comparing apples to oranges. Um, and if you're going to go in the space, go in it with knowledge, go in it with your eyes wide open. Don't go in it thinking that it's going to be easy, but there is so much money in the industry. Um, most of the people that I see do well in it, they've already got systems in place to run their long-term rental management systems. They've got that dialed in. They've got a team that can handle it. And they don't just try and tack this on. They understand that essentially I'm opening a second business by doing this and I have to treat it as a, almost as a separate entity um, because they understand that this is a wheelhouse I've never explored before and now I'm sitting here learning about makeup washcloths and stains and sheets and I maybe never even considered those things before so they really go in it with the perspective of I'm not going to be over here with this struggling long-term rental business that's not profitable and then jump into this at the same time because I'll get in over my head but if you actually have things on the long-term rental side side dialed in and you feel confident in that, there's a ton of money to be made in the short-term rental space. And I actually think we are starting to see it more and more with long-term rental managers adding it. And I think we're going to continue to see that over the next five years. I'm curious about, so on the, I mean, obviously like we're from four and a half, marketing is forefront. Yes. <laughs> and so I was thinking about reputation because, um, you know, a lot of our clients are primarily doing long-term rental mm -hmm. management and you know, you're always inundated with negative reviews because you cannot really avoid like those yes. crazy tenants. Who, yes. Right. And so, but like knowing that for long-term rental management, you're only really, you know, touching these tenants so often. Right. And yeah. hearing everything you're saying about like the guest experience and they should be treated like royalty because they're yeah. guests, they're honored guests <laughs> well, in our property. Yeah. Like, right. If you're a long-term rental management business and you're adding short-term rental, like, are you opening yourself up to just like more negativity? I actually think it's it's the opposite of that. I think it's positivity. Um, and and track with me here for a second. If you've ever been on Airbnb, you see that almost every listing on there is like four and a half stars and up. There's a reason for that um, because they have a way of just removing your listing if it gets below a certain threshold and it's a pretty high threshold. So a lot of people that either self-host or manage short-term rentals are so review driven and so focused on reviews that they, they go above and beyond to the point of bribery to try and buy five stars on every single booking. Um, and so I think that if you have the guest um, reviews and they're coming in, they're reviewing your company and you're able to brag about some of those reviews and take them and use them as testimonials, it almost offsets some of the negative reviews that you're getting from tenants. And let's be real, tenant negative reviews are not only a necessary evil, but truly something to brag about for owner conversion. You can literally take those reviews and turn them into a win because usually the tenant's complaining that they didn't get their security deposit back and you did your job for your owner. And so those are a win in front of owners. But as far as your reputation management online, there really is an opportunity to take some of those positive guest interactions and guest reviews and say, no, look, we do communicate. Here's a review that shows how well we communicate. It's almost easier if you have your property management company set up to do short-term rentals correctly to leverage that for your reputation management. And would it, so, I mean, for, for short-term rentals, it's not really going to be your Google reviews. It's not going to be your Yelp reviews. It's going to be Airbnb. It's going to be VRBO. It's like, what, what else is there that you should focus well, on in terms of reputation? Yeah, there's a little bit of everything. It really depends on how you set up your company. So many people that are on Airbnb um, also are trying to get direct bookings. So either they've created a direct booking site or they're using 
Google and social media to try and introduce okay. their property to travelers that maybe don't want to use Airbnb or want to save money. And so they almost put a carrot out there like, hey, book direct and you can save 10% on your trip. And in doing that, they're able to turn back around and ask for reviews. So while Airbnb automatically asks for reviews, VRBO automatically asks for reviews, there's still just as many opportunities to be building your reputation through what we're used to on the long-term rental side. Cool. That's awesome. So it's almost like they might, they're like advertising that specific property as their business, or maybe if, if you're self-managing, I guess, like if you're a property management company, are you advertising individual properties off of those sites? Or is that more for people that are managing on their own? It, it's a little bit of both. Um, it depends on a couple of things. Most states don't have a clear def definition or licensing requirements for a short-term rental management company. So I can manage for myself for my three units and then pick up my friends two short-term rentals because they're tired of doing it and pick up my doctor's other unit. And now all of a sudden I create a logo and I'm a short-term rental management company. And like here in Arizona, as long as it's less than 30 days for a guest reservation, I'm clear. I don't have to have a license at all. And I call myself a property manager, <laughs> which is yeah. crazy, um, yeah, especially yeah. for those of us on the long-term rental side, because <laughs> the activities that we're doing are very similar to what we're doing in the long-term rental space. We're collecting a security deposit. You know, we're holding money. We're checking the property afterwards for damage. So it almost seems like it's the same thing. But as far as legislation goes in most states, it's not. Uh, and so if I'm a company, that can mean anything in this space. That can mean I'm just managing my own one property and I put a name on it or maybe I put it in an LLC and I'm using that as my company name, or it can mean I manage for others. And so you really kind of have to ask people when they say, hey, I'm a property manager for short-term rentals, what does that mean? <laughs> does that mean right. anything at all? Or does that mean you literally bought one property and you call yourself the property manager? And that is just the way things are set up right now. We always see continuing, continuing changes in legislation. Uh, and so we'll see if that sticks. We'll see if we actually ever define property management uh, at a national or local level. Um, but as long as that is the way that things are, it's going to impact the question that you asked, which you can't make an assumption. You kind of got to do some digging. And with the company that we just launched, we've really had to identify who's a host, who's a co-host, who's a property manager for themselves and who manages for others, because it is gray. There isn't a, a clear black and white for most of that. Yeah, wow. it's crazy. It's almost like the wild, wild west. It's like <laughs> a little bit. people are rushing to it, um, both the mm -hmm. managers and the investors, mm -hmm. and just legislation can't keep up, right? Right, right. Yep. Yeah, so it's like, it's, it's kind of scary because in the long-term rental yeah. side, right, it's like it, it, there's already so much legislation and the volume of transactions isn't even as much as short-term, yet short-term is like, no one cares if you're licensed or not. I think that they care, but I think that there's um, conflicting groups that are all trying to push their legislation. And there's so many um, different parties that are so worried about government overreach. Um, so, you know, when you study the legislation that's happening both across the nation and, and locally and at the state level, you see a lot of people mad that an HOA is making these regulations and telling you oh. as a private property owner, 
who you can rent to and who's allowed to stay in your property. Like I pay the mortgage, you don't. So don't tell me who can stay in my property, right? And then you see the city who's dealing with the, the noise complaints and the parking complaints and things like that. And they feel like it's their job to uh, create legislation because it, it's wreaking havoc on them with these people complaining about their neighbors. And then you see at the state level, some of the legislation that they're trying to pass. And then again, at the federal level and as much as that's happening on the long-term rental space and that's all very valid and you're having to deal with that on the long-term rental space, I tell people it's a hundredfold on the short-term rental space just because legislation already isn't in place for it. And it is for most people a fairly new industry. And there are so many amateurs in the space that it really does feel like they're trying very hard to get legislation passed just to rein some of this in and standardize the industry. But we haven't quite figured out who's responsible for doing that yet. And I can guarantee you, most people will tell you it's not the HOA's responsibility, right? Okay, okay. That was a lot of information already. And to save you from getting information overload, we're going to save the rest for part two. In part two, we're going to go into the current state of the short-term rental market and how you as a professional property manager can set yourself apart and serve your owners better compared to the competition. As a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency. Since 2012, we have helped hundreds of property managers like you grow their business by getting owner leads from marketing. Whether you need help with a website, SEO, content like video, blogs, etc., social media, pay-per-click ads, you name it, we can help you. Visit our website fourandhalf.com to grow your business today. That's F-O-U-R-A-N-D-H-A-L-F.com. Now, if you have any feedback or questions or suggestions, email us at marketing at fourandhalf.com. And if you are enjoying our show, go ahead, please show us some love by leaving us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for tuning in and... See you next time for part two.